Well, we're excited to be here at the Career Pro Inc. podcast with Matthew Brackett. We could call him Chaplain Brackett, Lieutenant Brackett. Those are all roles that you've played. These aren't, they aren't just roles. This is like real life. But today's topic, I thought, what a perfect topic to talk about because we've just before we started this, we were talking about patience. And I really admire you for that. And it's just something in this world, in this environment, uh, whether you're in the military or the Navy, whether you're uh, out in the, as they say, civilian world, and you've been in both. And you've had to display patience with people who are coming to you as a chaplain. And I just admire you for that. That's why I wanted to talk about this subject. Now, I know you don't have a lot of material. We don't have a stack of material here. We're just talking about this. But Matthew, tell us more about yourself, and then we'll get into the topic. Thank you, John. Thank you for the opportunity. Let's, my story goes back, well, it goes back 48 years, but 30 years, 30 years when I went to join the seminary. Um, and then more recently, I've been working active duty as an active duty chaplain. But it's, when it comes to patience, there's a few things that come to my mind. Is 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I began to, I was in professional ministry, right, in the Catholic Church. And I internally, I was going through a lot of angst and discontent and discomfort. And I didn't know where it was coming from. But there was something in me that said, just keep walking and the light will shine, or keep walking and clarity will come. It was very hard for me, and that's where patience came in, because it was very, I wanted, I wanted to figure it out, I wanted to know, or I wanted to make decisions. But the more often than not in my life, I sort of, I did feel stuck for a long time, internally, because I felt like I was stuck in a place where I couldn't make decisions, because I had made a commitment. And a commitment that was very dear to me. So that's, and I think maybe in, maybe in today's world, we all struggle with that when there's a commitment that's so important to us. But then there's something else that's going on in our life, on the outside or on the inside, and we don't know how to juggle both. And as human beings, we don't enjoy sitting in discomfort. <laughs> and so what, when we're in discomfort and pain, we want to walk away from that pain and whatever that means. Right? And so that can mean making an impulsive decision to step away from that pain. It can mean turning to some sort of behaviors, right? whether it be online behaviors, virtual behaviors, whether it be substance behaviors, any sort of, and again, it doesn't have to be necessarily bad in and of itself, but it's something that I turn to as a pain reliever, or it takes me away from my pain. But what happens is then I go back into my personal space and I continue to find the pain that I was trying to walk through. And if we don't deal with that pain, in a productive manner, in a constructive manner, sometimes it becomes more destructive. That pain grows, right? And so I'm going a little bit off track here. No, I think you're right on track because, and people don't have the context quite yet, but as a person who's made more career changes, severe career changes than I've met, even in my many years of doing this at CareerPro, I've just, I've just, in talking to you and having these conversations, having to show and knowing where sometimes where you're, you must show patience, but we're in this world where it almost feels like we have to make a split decision all the time. And before we even got talking, and I want to dig back a little bit, I think you're right on track. 
is that you even said that a lot of decisions that are made th that you've seen because you counsel both military people and couples and, and people at high achievers at this point in your life and career, you've seen a lot of the decisions that we make that seem like we've taken it, quote, enough time are a lot from these emotions that we haven't dealt with and then people regret those later. Tell me where that comes from. We were talking about that before we started the show. Yes, so a few phrases come to mind. One is, is that nothing takes the place of time. And, and I don't, I'm not a big believer of, you know, time, will heal, time, time won't heal all things, okay? We need to lean into certain things. Time will, we can leave things on the back burner for all the time we want, and it doesn't mean things are gonna get better. So, but time is, we need to use time as a friend. And not as an enemy. And so the time that, in, as human beings, when we lean into certain things, when we lean into our pain over a period of time, then we can find healing. So that's one phrase that comes. The another phrase that comes to mind is people, and I found myself leaning towards this, is people that make decisions from a place of negativity or from a place mm -hmm. of impulse, or as I said before, from a place of pain. Um, but reacting towards pain, like I want to get out of this. And so from a place of hurt, from a place of resentment, from a place of pain, right, I was, so I'm stepping away from Catholic priesthood in the church, right, and I've been in that lifestyle for 30 years. So, and I've been, you know, I've seen fellow priests make a decision to leave ministry from a place of pain, resentment, hurt, right. And what have I seen after is that it takes them years to reconcile with the decision they made. When I work with couples, Couples that, from a place of resentment, pain, hurt, they make a decision to get divorced, right? And then it takes years inside of them to reconcile with the fact that, why? Because maybe they made the right decision. But yeah, because with this podcast isn't about, you know, sheer rights and sheer wrongs. No, no, Everything not. is black and white. You're, you're, you're saying that maybe that could be for them the best decision, right. Right. but... The health, I like to use the word healthy. I don't like the, you know, the good or bad. or mm. I don't like these extremes, mm. this dualistic way of looking at stuff because mm. we're not as human beings. We're not like that. So, but, more complicated. Right. <laughs> we're much more complex. So there's healthy decisions, right? And healthy moments to make healthy decisions, right? And so I guess what I was saying is Maybe you know those decisions, those decisions were probably the, the the healthy decisions to make, but the timing maybe wasn't appropriate. And so, sitting with things, and because changing a space or changing a reality around me might not deal with everything that's going on, right? I I do think we're about pro coaching and counseling, as I think you and I agree mm -hmm. with that. We're where have you been able to, you know, whether it's been in the pressure cooker of the military or outside counseling and coaching that you've done, where have you been able to get people to a place where it isn't as impulsive? They aren't re reacting to an emotion. And how do they get there? Give, give some people some hope who are listening right, a little no. bit. Because, <laughs> you know, we're all just so forced, it seems, in this culture. It is because of perception. Even, mm -hmm. you know, we're worried about what people think. Right? Then, obviously, we want to be, everyone wants to be successful. And so we feel that when we're in a place of, when we, don't, when we feel confused or in crisis, that's a very hard thing for us to own as human beings. Because we want to be successful. And we want to be seen that we're being productive. And when we feel stuck... It's just, you know, and I've experienced it. Now, I'm gonna, let me talk a little bit about myself. Please. I was in moments where I felt stuck for years. And I was in crisis. 
And this is one of my favorite topics to, to talk about. And you probably didn't want to listen to a podcast on patience at <laughs> <All> that right. <laughs> time. That's right. And I, and I, but I, it was hard. I, it took me a long time to come to terms with and to be able to say, I am in crisis. Because it's, crisis isn't a happy word for us as human beings. But it's, but it's such a natural word in reality because that's what we live as human beings. And I bring in the, the, the Chinese, when they express crisis, they use characters, they don't use words, but they use the character of danger and the character of opportunity. And that's how they explain the concept of crisis. Hmm. And, it's almost, and as in crisis, and you know, if we look at the Greek, if we look at the Latin, it's all about it's an opportunity to make a choice. Right? And so going back to what we we're saying. So even you were in that yes. place. And you said that's, I mean, like who could be this patient to take years? Like... How did you start to come out of that or, or know that you are you could be at peace with yourself? Because a lot of people, you know, like you've written about and talked about suicide. You've talked about like real deep crises that are life-changing, life-altering. Even smaller decisions can be life-altering. Tell us more about where so you what, were. And, so yeah, so um, when I was going through that, and then yeah. what I suppose what, well, as I look back, it wasn't easy mm. to go through, but as I look back, mm. what most benefited me was dealing with it leaning into it in a very uncomfortable way but in a way that brought hope i said oh there is that light that i was looking for it became it started to become visible right but it was still very distant so um i didn't know how to lean in i didn't know how to deal with my stuff because i didn't know what i was going through i couldn't put words on it. but when i began to talk to people who could put words on it when I began to learn the skills of talking about myself, talking about my emotions, again, I'm going to parentheses, I was in a lifestyle where, again, it's all about position. It's about um, the way you come across, the way you perform, right? And that has, happens with a lot of people. Even, even if people weren't in the priesthood or the military, it's, right. we, we still have those Definitely. kind of roles to play. Yes. Very much parallels what right. many professionals are going through. So I had I would support a lot of people in their stuff, but it was very hard for me to deal with my own stuff, right? Because there was some some shame about it, or there was also was as a sense of an just a, an erroneous sense of 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 um, being weak, right? Mm. This whole thing about weakness and and as men and just, you know that if I have problems or crisis, that means that there's something wrong with me, and that's very hard. I didn't want. We still I, believe that, right? And I didn't want to take ownership of that. And there was this moment when, when I realized that I was sick, and that was a hard, hard word for me to use, right? Because it wasn't a physical illness; it was an emotional illness, right? That um, it was so challenging, and that really it sank me. I was like, I, uh, this isn't. This is this is a place where I've never wanted to be in life. Hmm. Right, and and I've had a few of those. So <laughs> what this why leaning? So I went to some inpatient care. I got some really professional, high quality professional treatment, and and that led to so many good things. It led to the life. And this isn't something that happened just when you were twenty one or twenty two. Like this. No, this happened in my thirties and forties. Right, and um, okay, I was very fortunate to have these opportunities. Right, not everyone has those opportunities to be able to dedicate time to personal. Growth mm -hmm. and personal stuff, right? We um, again another parenthesis. So that we we tend to put things in the closet. We tend to put things under the carpet, right? And there's only some things will vanish when we put them into the dark. Other things grow when we put them into the dark, right? 
and that little thing that, or the big thing that we put in the closet hoping that it wouldn't come back well it comes back to, to bite us right if we don't deal with it that's why leaning into the stuff right? and so I, I had the opportunity to do that I had excellent people that supported me a lot of friends but then professionals and it led to a lot of good things. It never made it easy to make the decisions I've made, right? To transition, to make these life choices. It never made it easy. But it gave me, it broadened my horizons about myself and about life and about humanity and about God in ways that I had never dreamt of. How, how is this perspective that came, parts of these revelations in a, in a way, I don't want to call them complete revelations because if you talk about the Bible, but. 30s and 40s, how did these, how have these helped you to counsel and coach and influence others? Like, like you were good at coaching, counseling, and being a chaplain and being there for people before that, but how did dealing with this stuff help you be better today? I, I firmly believe that it's helped me be very effective in my work. Right? I, just, I just finished active duty. I was at a command for two and a half years, and I believe I was very successful, and I believe a lot of my success I owe to my personal journey. Hmm. Because a lot of people, that, even though they didn't know it, a lot of people that I worked with, I saw myself in them, right? and and I think I was able to show empathy, understanding, and broaden their horizons to the bigger picture. Um, and I would never have been able to do that if I hadn't gone through my own my own journey of pain and patience. What, what if someone's out there, they're impatient mostly with themselves and they're hurting? Mm, they may even have a nice title, a nice family situation at the moment, or, but they feel like there's something off, something going on, that dark thing in the closet's grown. I mean, what would you tell that person who might just be randomly listening to this? Where do you start? Where do you go? Where do you get Yes. that might be the start of something good? Right. Two words come to mind. One is honesty, just to be honest with yourself. Another one is courage. And um, to have the honesty and the courage to claim and to name what that is. Now, again, I'm going to go off track for a second. Is when we deal with that, when we talk, we have relationships, right? we have friends, we have families. We have people in our at work, right? There's professional relationships, and but then and we have peers, and but there's certain things in our lives that we don't want to talk about with any of those, and we need to find that's where we need to find that sacred, safe, confidential space, professional space where we can have the honesty to name and claim. I think what I also call reframe, whatever we're going through. Now that's a very challenging thing to do. It's a very challenging to invite someone, a third party who you really don't have a relationship with into that space. But that's also the, the beauty, beauty of it is that it's someone that you have no relationship with. It's there in your corner. On all those other levels of relationships that we've talked about, there's other dynamics and investments. When we deal with a professional on a professional relationship about this and only about this, about whatever we're going through, they're in our corner. They're, they have no agenda. Their agenda is to help to support us in whatever we're dealing with. So that safe, sacred, confidential space, I think, and to find, and it's very challenging to find someone, but to find that space, whether it be in a 
faith setting or whether it be in a professional psychological mental health setting, right, or a coach. Or yeah, we're not, we're not guiding someone no. to just one source. No, no. There's just to find that space or it could be a, a mentor. It could be someone just who's older and more experienced but or you don't have a big relationship with but someone you admire. It's find someone that you can confide in. But it's very important that you feel safe enough that mm-hmm. knowing that um, whatever you say will stay there and that that person is really going to be in your corner. And if someone knows that they need to get to that place and may not know the resources at their level or maybe a younger person's listening to this, you could ask someone who's close to you, where can I get that kind of help? Definitely. Is there any shame in asking for that kind of help? Really? Even though you might feel like, what about my reputation? What about my income? What about my, you know, how people know me? Well, How can, can you? There is div- shame. There is shame. There is a little bit right. of okay. I mean, I would. I, what we would like to say, what both of us would like to say, there shouldn't be right. But I'm. I like this phrase that comes to mind. You know, it's, good point. Yeah, that's what we hear. We shouldn't be shooting. Don't be shooting all over it. Because right? <laughs> you walk that but, line very carefully. Yes, good job. But the reality is, is that we do experience the shame. So, it's, and again, it's about naming that. If each one in their own personal life can name that, it's all right. And I think stepping away from shame is a huge power in life because shame mm. is a dark thing that has a lot of power over us. And it, and in the end, it imprisons us and keeps us from becoming the people. That we, and it's this invisible force, right? And um, just to be able to name it um, is, is an important thing. So shame, it is a reality. Now, should we be feeling that shame? No, but the reality is that we do, right? And, but we have to decide, each of us and those whoever's listening, decide, all right, I'm, I'm not going to let the shame have so much power over my life and I'm going to take the step I'm going to ask you know and you can even ask just you could even ask just kind of um, anonymously as a hey I have a friend or I know someone mm-hmm. who's looking for some sort of support even though it's really not about a friend it's about yourself <laughs> right right and then and you could kind of get information that way as well you know in those times when you you were telling me and have told me that that oh like sometimes Getting to better places, you, you know, even if you have some professional intervention and help and you're discussing these things, it, it, what about time and patience there? You know, because we do in this culture, we want to take a pill, we want to fix things. And I'm not against the pharmaceutical industry on, in certain situations, but what is the hopeful part about this when you start to name? The shame, or name that you know, call it what it is, and start dealing with these things in the closet. What, what, what are some of the good professional and personal things that you've seen come out of that for you and for others? For me, I definitely felt a lot of urges to make quick decisions because I, I felt like I wasn't being useful. You know, I wasn't involved in significant ministry or this or that, or I was kind of sitting in, a, you know, a flying pattern, and I was just there I, idling. Yes. Yeah. But that was so, and that was a very dis- uncomfortable place to sit because I, I got to be doing something, do, 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 right? Because my identity was in doing and succeeding and all. And so I fought a lot with myself. And I, yeah, who knows, I probably also made impulsive decisions here and there, right? But um, going back to what you were saying, so being able to sit 
in that in that idleness. But remind me again, what were you asking? Well, I think it's just mostly just on that, you know, when you're in that place and it takes time between the time you mm -hmm. say, look, I am going to deal with some of this stuff right. that keeps bubbling up, even though I might have overt signs of success. How do you remain hopeful and from a personal and from what you've seen from the people that you've helped and ministered to and, and assisted and coached? through those weeks and months, sometimes it takes that time to start to get okay. You can't just take a pill and fix it. Right. Yes. What about that? Because maybe someone says, look, I'm going to deal with some of this stuff because it keeps bubbling up. Talk about being hopeful during this time period you got to go through sometimes because this stuff didn't happen overnight. No, no. I think, and as I look back, you. yes, that's where I, time is a great friend, right? As mm -hmm. long as we use it wisely. Um, I think just leaning into that, it, I've seen that it, in my own life and in others, that when the, the way I look at it this way, in three or four years, when you look back on this moment in your life, mm -hmm. how do you want to look back on it? And what I usually say to people is, I would love for you in three or four years to look back on this moment, that even as stinky as it is, that you can look back and say, I am so happy and proud of the way that I dealt with it. That's powerful. That's really powerful. Well, as we wind down here, um, what are some of the practical things? Uh, you've already left us with these thoughts, practical things, been very open in your own communications. Um, some of the things you've done, you've written about some of the stuff that you've seen. You, you're open about talking about it. There is, you, you're not really, there's not a dark place for a lot of that stuff. Um, what are some of the positives that, have, that you see that come out of this after those year, three years, four years, when you look back and say, the way I handled this, the way I went through it? What are some of the things some of the, that people can expect that are positive, right? even well, if you're in a dark place? The positives, as I look back, um, I, wouldn't be the person, and I, I, I wouldn't be the person that I am today if, uh, if I hadn't gone through those things. And if I hadn't dealt with them the way that I dealt with them. There were years in my life where I hated myself hmm. and my life. But I felt stuck and I didn't know how to deal with it. And people didn't know that about me because I always came across as happy and, you know, and successful mm -hmm. and this and that. Mm -hmm. But there was this great internal discontent, right? And so that's, not, that's no longer here. I, there. And with all this thing that I've been, I am able to love my life, embrace my past, integrate my past. It's part of it's, it's made me who I am. And and the shame and and even guilt around some of the things it's gone. And I think that's something to to look forward to. And then it's brought the how it's broadened my horizons, the way I view myself, the way I view others. It's given me skills that otherwise I wouldn't have in dealing with my own self and also in supporting others. It's giving me a, an internal interior freedom that I had never experienced. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. Mm, like that. I'd like to close on that. But of course, I'm going to add one more thing. Just in this world of just immense amount of information and just coming at us all the time, it's 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 hard to have patience and get to a peaceful place and get to a place, whether it's your career, your life, yeah, 
you know, personal life, that kind of a thing, it's hard to get to that kind of that peaceful place where you feel content. But you can get there. There are, I love the hopefulness of, of the messaging here today um, that we didn't rehearse. And I want you to have the last word, but, but in the midst of this oncoming traffic of information and input and feeling like you've got to make a decision and be impulsive and react and not just respond, last words from you, Matthew. Thank you for this today on patience. My last word is thank you. <laughs> thank you, John. Thanks for the opportunity, and I look forward to, to talking some more.